You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show. You ever thought about accountability? It's pretty important to your dental practice. Sometimes people don't even know where to start. Well, today we're going to show you exactly where to start. I have an amazing coach. Her name is Ariel Jude, and she shares two key tools for accountability success. If you use these tools, you'll see the accountability will grow in your practice, and so will the trust. So please listen to this. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought to yourself, gosh, I need some help. I need some tools to improve my practice today that would improve this thing called accountability, which keeps coming up. It's a big theme. It's a big theme in conversations with dentists. It's also a big theme in how our coaches coach dentists. And I don't know if you guys know this, but if you're listening to the podcast, you're wondering, what do you guys do? We coach dental practices all over the country. And I have an amazing coach on today, Ariel Jude. And we're going to be talking about two very important tools for accountability success. Ariel, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. All right. It's after the first of the year. We're kind of getting back into it. We've taken some time off. And so, you know, we talk a lot behind the scenes about all these tools. Let's start here. Why are tools and why are these tools so important in your coaching process? Well, I think the first part is accountability is not easy. Right. Right. And so we need an I believe that these tools that we're going to talk about are, they make it easy. They help us in a very simple way. Um, and then the second thing is, right, along with keeping that accountability is we, all of our teams and our doctors and our team members, right, and coaches, we all have goals and we want to hit these goals. But how do you know if you're achieving them? Um, so it's really important to bring in some data and some numbers so that we can take the feelings out of our decision-making. Yeah. And that's a big deal because if you're like me, I'm an eye on the disc profile, which means everything is a feeling emotionally up and down. And I tell myself crazy stories. The important thing about running a business or doing anything that you're going to improve 
is you need to be grounded in data because data removes all emotion. But the challenge for most dentists is the data in the past was all money. If you've been doing this as long as I have, 30 years, most team huddles or team meetings were about production, production, production. Now, those are important. Don't get me wrong. But what we want to do is change the conversation today and help you understand that data is a really important piece of accountability. You know, accountability is rooted in accounting. Can you talk about that? Well, I think like you said, right, is the numbers and the data, right? What in accounting, what are we accounting for, right? What numbers are we holding ourselves accountable for? What are we tracking? Um, what numbers should our team members be aware of, right? Because our team members, they want to know what are they responsible for, especially our best team members. They want to know what are my expectations? What can I do to help the business grow? Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to find as a dentist, we've said this so many times before, but accountable, accountable people want to have something to be accountable for. Your best team members will always love the accountability. You know, they'll love to talk about numbers. They'll love to talk about expectations. Sometimes your least favorite people, and it's not their fault, they may just not have been exposed to this, don't want to talk about numbers. They just want to clock in and clock out. And so I'm going to encourage you as a leader, start moving into, let's talk about data. Let's talk about things that need to be accomplished. And let's take this subjective and turn it into objective. Ariel, what's the first tool that we're going to be talking about today? Well, if you want to track your numbers and your data, right, I would say the first tool is to have a practice scorecard. So have something that shows you where at a glance, right, for our visual people, right, they need to be able to just look and see. And for our numbers, okay, what are these numbers and what are we tracking? Um, so we at ACT have a really useful practice scorecard that is customizable based on what numbers your team wants to track. Um, and I think the key to that is having it at a glance, right, so that you can quickly see, okay, are we on track? Are we off track? Where are we going? What are our goals? What's everyone working on? Who's accountable for what? Um, and the scorecard really sums it up in a nice, easy tool. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is most most businesses don't have a scorecard, but the ones that do, they know what to track. Now, you don't have to track everything. The cool thing about a scorecard is you don't have to track everything under the sun. You'll still feel the need to, you know, and you can still have your fancy spreadsheets I have plenty of them, but you can determine as a team that the cool part about this, if you want to do some further reading on it, you can read Gino Wickman's book, The Traction, which really does a great job of articulating how to do this on a quarterly basis. And we do this with dentists. So think about this. If you're a dentist listening, what you want to do is set up a yearly plan, you know, what your targets, objectives, goals, and targets are going to be. And then you can break it down into a quarterly basis and create a simple little scorecard everybody or scoreboard, whatever you want to call it, but you're going to pick three to five metrics, maybe a handful more that are really going to determine if we hit these numbers and we improve them. It's not about making big money. It's, I mean, you can, but if you improve them and be healthy, you're going to see they have a compounding impact on all the other numbers. And a great team, even fourth grade boys playing baseball can look at a scoreboard and start to work together on a few numbers. Don't you think, Ariel? It makes it really easy to, to decide what activities we've got to embrace this week. 
hundred percent. And I like how you said, right. If the whole team can just see it and know, okay, where are we struggling? Where are we doing really well? What plan of action do we need to take? Um, and I think that's why the teams need a scorecard because a lot of us look at the lagging indicators, right? Oh, the, my accountant sends me a PL and they send me an analysis of how I'm doing. And that's great. And that's definitely necessary. But in the moment, right, you want to know if you're winning or losing the game. How can I make an adjustment in the third inning instead of waiting to the ninth and saying, oh, guys, uh, we're a little behind. So that's where the scorecard helps bring it on a weekly basis. And it narrows it into, like you said, the key metrics that we're tracking this quarter that are going to help us achieve our bigger goals. Yeah. And there's so many that you could determine. That's why you get the help of a great coach. They can help you determine which might be the most important ones. But you're going to put them on a scoreboard. Think about this. It's 90 days, 13 weeks. Create a scorecard and you just use two colors. You can use green and red. Green, notoriously or universally, stands for good. Red is bad. You know, it's not hitting the target. Now, everybody can look at a red number and go, okay, we need to do something about that. Tell us about the green and red factor in discussing these numbers, Ariel. Well, this is where it adds a little bit of those feelings to that number, right? And like you said, is we know that if it's green, hey, we did a good job. If it's red, okay, we have an area of opportunity. Um, and the reason I like that is because, right, it adds meaning to those numbers. A number is just a number unless you say, okay, what does this mean? And if we see, okay, red this week, okay, red next week, the third week in a row, right, of hitting red, okay, hold on, everyone needs to hit the pause button. Let's talk about what's going on so that we can make this adjustment before it's too late. So that's why I like the green and red because, and then the green also, because yes, it's great to make adjustments, but you also need to celebrate when your team is doing well and you are hitting those goals in different areas. So it, it adds a little bit, and I know we try to take the feelings out, right? But you have to have the emotion behind it of, are we doing well? Do we have an area of opportunity? So that way we can be motivated to take action and make change on a weekly basis instead of a monthly or quarterly. Yeah. There's so many benefits to just putting this up, whether it be in a break room or a private area for your team. Number one, it creates a level of transparency around what are we trying to do? A lot of dentists, and you know who you are if you're listening to this, you don't share anything with your team. You know, all you do is talk about money and how we're doing, and we can see it on your face. The cool thing about this is we can put it up there and you're going to find your favorite team members like to talk about it, like to point to it. You can all... It adds to this strategy element. You know, some of your team members are going to go, why are we measuring that? And you can say, because philosophically, that's a very important number to the style of practice that I want to create, which might include perio percentages. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I'm a restorative dentist. I really care about overall health. Well, you can look at the perio percentages and they're super low. My first question is like, do you guys not have any perio in here? They're like, no, we have perio everywhere. So it just brings to the surface things that you guys can talk about. And what you can also do when you have a red number, you create what's called the countermeasure. So it's okay if it's red, but it can't stay red for a long term. We can talk about what's what are we going to do this week that might change it to a green or start to trend it in that direction, right? 
Yeah. And I would say some of my teams, well, all of my teams, you know, start to see this. Some of them take a little bit longer, just depending on, are they used to tracking them? Do they know what these mean? Um, I would say in a lot of my teams, right, is the first quarter, it's it's just tracking. Are we on track? Are we off track, red or green? And then all of a sudden, it's no doubt it's going to happen. Team members start asking questions. They start asking, why is this red? What does this number really mean? Okay, what's impacting this number? And that's when you see a shift in the whole entire team. And now it's not me as a doctor or me as an office manager and leader telling the team, hey, we need to do this better. They're coming to you saying, hey, I was looking at our perio number, and I think this may be why it's so low. Right? I think this is something that we could do to improve this. And that's that's the fun part of coaching is when you see your teams start coming to you and asking questions of how can I improve this? All because they've been tracking this number for several weeks in a row, and now they want answers. right? And And now they're open to it and they're accepting it. Whereas at the beginning, yes, we could tell them, hey, your perio percentage is a little low. This is the you know, national average. This is what we see. And they're over here telling me, no, we're great. We have good perio percentage. We have healthy patients, right? So it's a self-diagnosis of areas of opportunity. And now you have buy-in. Now you have a team who wants to make improvements all because they've been seeing the same number for weeks. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many added benefits because I love this conversation. Once you start with a scorecard, now you could start to run a great meeting. And a great meeting starts with maybe a celebration, get everybody like engaged. And then you want to go right into data. Well, the cool thing about this, now some of you might disagree with me, but you'll notice a great meeting does start with data because it limits our focus in trying to go all different directions on how we feel. If you've ever been in a bad meeting, it usually never started with data. It started with how I feel and somebody being angry and or it's a problem, and you spend the whole time talking about the problem. The cool thing about having the scorecard is that everybody's been talking about these few data points. We can coalesce around what needs to be done, and it can simplify the conversation. I was thinking about my son. My son is type 1 diabetic. I've shared this many times. I have an appointment on Monday to see the doctor. It's the same thing every time. Now, it's a long appointment, but the first thing they do is they gather all the data because everything we're going to talk about is related to the data points and the A1C and all that kind of stuff. And the same thing is true in your practice is when we're grounded in this, um, we can start to have really, really helpful conversations. So it's good stuff. Ariel, what's the second tool we're going to use in this process to improve accountability? Well, the second tool is going to determine, um, do you have the right team members in the right seat? So we call it the right people you know, right seat scorecard. Um, and this is going to tell us, you know, do we have team members that are supporting our vision, that support our core values, and are they in the right seat to help us achieve those goals that we're trying to from our scorecard? Yeah, this is probably one of the most important tools. Well, they're all important, but this one I would put on my top five list. If I was going to say you can only have five, it would be the right person, right seat scorecard, because here's why. When you get the right people in the right seats, Pete Dawson said it years ago, you can produce twice as much in half the time with the quarter of the stress. You don't even know why things are happening. Things are. You also feel better. People are happier. Things just work better. 
Now, easier said than done. How do we do that? The second piece I would say, if you're listening to this, you only hire people for two reasons. Number one, they fit your core values. Number two, they get results. Not because they're nice people, not because they're your neighbor, not because you're related to them, not because they came with the practice. You have to have people on your team that fit your values, your core values, and they're stated, they're clearly stated, written, you have examples, and they get results. And when you check those two boxes and everybody knows why they're there, you can ultimately create something amazing. Now, what's really cool about the scorecard is it only has two components. Here's our core values. Here's your behaviors and how they match up to them. And here's what it means to get results in this department. How do you see this, Ariel? You see it differently? Or how do you describe this to most of the clients you talk to every day? Well, we just talk about it as right back to taking the feelings out of it and adding the data component behind it. It gives you some sort of rubric, right, of, okay, is this person doing a good job? You know, do they do they get it? Do they want it? Or do they fit my core values, right? It's very hard to say, oh, yeah, I like that person. You may like them, right, but are they the right person for what you're needing? So, you know, I just talked to a team earlier today, and we were they were saying, you know, oh, I like it because it gives me the more, it takes the kind of a, the gray out of it, right? And it gives me more of a black and white of, are they the right person? Are they doing a good job? And not, do I like you? Because when you have reviews, it can't be based off of, oh, you know, I feel like you're doing a good job. I feel like you did this. I feel like you didn't do this, right? It has to have some kind of component where you can say, hey, yes, this is our core value. You hit this. This is where you have an area of opportunity. Um, so it really, like I said, it takes the gray out. It takes the emotions out of it. Um, and it's not a negative thing by any means. Your good team members, and most of you have really good team members, need to be celebrated. And this is a perfect way to celebrate it by showing them how well that they're doing. Yeah, you hit a nerve with me because, you know, typically dentists do these growth conferences or reviews. So if you're a dentist, and I used to do this too, you stay up all night long and you write out an employee review or growth conference. And you write these three pages of all these great qualities and things I want you to work on and blah, 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 blah. And you set up this appointment and the team members waiting for the, what am I going to get extra per hour? So this is what they hear. Wah, 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 $1.50 more an hour. Now, that's not a very helpful conversation. And again, I'm having fun with you. I think one of the things you can do, and it works to both sides. If you're a team member listening to this and you're a dentist, think about this. You want a clear line of sight and what it means to be successful in this role. You don't want subjective things. You know, you don't want a team member or a leader like me who, uh, in the back, oh, you're doing great. Well, that doesn't help me. Like, am I on track or am I off track? And if you give me a score, on core values. And I'm not hitting the mark. I'm thinking, I want to be here. What does this mean that you gave me average in each one of them? I'm going to expect a higher score next time. And you are too. And if my results are suffering and I care about the role, I'm going to come to you and say, you know, coach me because I want to be better. It also gives me a great window to ask for a raise. And you as a dentist, if somebody's hitting the mark or exceeding the mark, you want that to be 
You know, you want that to show up in these scorecards. One last thing I'll add about the scorecards too. These are tools. And when you use them correctly, all of the wasted storytelling and emotions and late nights staying up, talking to yourself about like this team member isn't making it or isn't working, they go away because you can just ground yourself in the scorecard. So if you have a partner dentist or an office manager or anybody else on your leadership team and you're struggling with a team member, don't talk about it. Just run the team member through the scorecard. And now you've got data against how they are performing with their core values and how they're performing in their role. And we have something specific to talk about. Anything else you would add to that, Ariel? No, I mean, really just to do this for all of your team members, right? The ones that maybe are not hitting the mark, they need to know and they need to have the opportunity to make improvements. But if you don't tell them that they're not hitting the mark or even what the mark is, then how are they supposed to do better? And then I will also say for your good team members, yes, to celebrate them as well, but they also want to know, are you doing something about those team members who are below the mark? Um, so it goes really hand in hand into building a really good culture. Um, and then once you know that you have a good culture, like you said, you have the right people in the right seats, you're going to start hitting goals that you didn't even think were possible that you didn't even come up with, your team came up with. Um, so you really have to do it. And like you said, is just sit down, fill it out, like take out the emotion, put it into numbers and then just have the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing tolerates a great team member than when you consistently, you know, or nothing frustrates a great team member than when you consistently tolerate a bad one. And when you're being consistent with a scorecard like this, with every team member, what you said is so key is you got to do it with everybody. And as you do it, you'll get better at being more clear and helping people succeed. Remember, the big goal here is you want to create an amazing team of people and you want to grow leaders that grow other leaders. And by doing this, you're going to model a great behavior that they can take to the people that they coach and they manage and they can be super clear and they can build great people underneath them if that's one of your goals. Now, there's one challenge that's a big one to the right people scorecard. We mentioned core values. If you haven't done the core values work, that's going to be a little bit of a stopgap. You know, you're only going to be able to talk about results and how they're doing. But as you lean into your core values, now we have six of them here. You can articulate them. You can list them. You can actually say to a team member and remember, like, your biggest challenge will be with people with people that don't fit your core values. So you got to be able to call them out. What do you say to dentists that haven't really discovered their core values in the coaching process with them and how to use this? Any thoughts? Well, first, right, if you don't have it, you really can't judge and rate your team members on if they're the right people um, because they don't know, right? So you have to sit down and say, hey, what are your core values? You know, what are things that you really value in team members? Um, and then put the team members through it and see, okay, do they fit these core values? Do they not? It really goes hand in hand too, because I was when I was talking to my team earlier about it, it's literally perfect timing for them. They were saying, well, I don't know if my core values are right. I don't know if, you know, we have all of the right core values. And I was like, and I told them, I said, well, we have them drafted. You've, you know, you've done it. You've put them in the place. Let's go ahead and run the right people scorecard with our current core values. 
what that's going to show us is one, are the team members following the core values that we told them were important to us? And then two, it will make your core values come to life, right? Like really bake for you and, hey, you know, this is the one that we're missing. All of our team members either do this or this is one that we really need to add in. Um, so I think they go hand in hand, um, but you have to have somewhere to start. You yeah. can't just say, yeah, they're the right people and not give them expectations. Because what is that? something different to everyone. Right. Absolutely. And it, you know, it sounds like hard work. It is, it's very hard work, but if you follow what Ariel said, you will start to develop some clarity around what your values are. I remember the first draft of what we had, it's somewhat close to what we have now, but it changed over time. And through these conversations, you get clearer and clearer and clearer. One more thing I'll say about core values. We say this a lot. It's like the most important thing you ever do. They're not like words that are aspirational, like integrity and excellence. Okay. Those are great words, but I don't know how to behave around those words every day. What they should be is they should be verbs. They should be verbs that you could easily describe that are behaviors that you see on a daily basis that you could say, that's the kind of behavior that I like. My give greater than get is one of ours. All in attitude is actually my favorite here at Act Dental. It's just just got to be all in. I'm not afraid to take out the trash. If somebody needs help, I'm going to do it. If the toilet paper needs to be changed, I'm in. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's all in. One of my favorite people in the world, he works for a very big company here in Milwaukee, and one of their core values is grounded. And that's awesome. And what that means to them is when they bring in an executive, and sometimes they bring in big powered executives, if this executive doesn't want to work on the lines and down and make food for customers, then that's not our people. And so it speaks very clearly to the type of person we're trying to bring in. And so I actually really like that one a lot. Like that's a great core value. We need somebody who's grounded, who really wants to go and be with the people down there, serve customers, roll up their sleeves, you know, and, and be involved. So as a dentist, you've got to ask yourself, what am I looking for? What am I, what am I looking for? And so how can I consistently reinforce that? And when you do that, you find other people that have the same core values and they bring in other team members that are like, I think somebody would be great here. And you look around and one day you're like, wow, I'm really enjoying going to work. So you know, the other thing, oh gosh, I have so many thoughts on this, but I got to be quiet because you're the guest here <laughs> and the expert. So tell us more about maybe some complexities or challenges or even celebrations that come out of using the right person, right seat scorecard. Well, I think the first challenge is just the mindset of, oh, this is I don't want to tell someone that they're doing, you know, they're not, they're, hit, they're not hitting the mark or that they're doing a bad job. Um, and I say, you know, shift that mindset, reframe it as you're not telling them they're doing a bad job, right? You're telling them if there's areas of opportunity. I also say as a leader, if you never have that conversation, they're never going to change. And the only person that's going to be upset, or not the only, right, is your good team members and yourself that person's not going to be upset if you never have the conversation with them. Um, and it's not a negative to tell someone that they have an area of opportunity. Yeah. Right. It's, it's an, like you said, okay, where can I do better? Where can I improve? Okay. You know what? 
next time I am going to do better. That number is going to increase. And if it doesn't, that's okay, right? You have the conversation again and you set your expectations and say, hey, this is where we really need you to be in order to get where we're wanting to go as a team. And it lets that team member make the decision. Yeah. So I'd say that's the biggest challenge is thinking of it as a negative. Um, it's really not. Think of it as you're gaining clarity, right? You're taking something that can be very emotional and put it to be very fact-based. This is what we're doing. These are our expectations. This is where we're going. Um, I would say, and most of the time, it is a celebration because for you as a leader, right, it's very easy to think of the one team member that is driving you nuts, right? But what about the other team members that you have that are doing an amazing job? And for you to put it down on paper, it really helps that practice of gratitude. Yeah. Like, man, I have 10 team members that are doing a great job that really fit these core values. Well, I want to celebrate that. I want to let them know. I want to appreciate that because we've seen that teams that really embrace those core values start attracting patients that appreciate those core values. Um, some other celebrations that I've really seen come out of this is we have some amazing team members that are just in the wrong seat. Right. right? They just, they are great and they try really hard. Um, but if you asked me to be a hygienist, I would be failing. Right. And so it's like, hey, what is your skill set? Do you have, can you do this? Do you want to do it? Right. And if the answer is yes and yes, well, then great. I should be hitting those goals. But if I'm not, right, okay, there's something going on. Either, you know, I don't have the capacity because do I have too many things on my plate? Am I not in the right seat? Are you asking me to collect money? And I don't like collecting money. Or are you asking, you know, someone to just do something that's really outside of their comfort zone or their skill set? Um, so you really start seeing, okay, we have great people on the team. Sometimes we just need to rearrange where they're sitting and what they're doing so that they can hit their full potential. Um, and that's really when you see team members shine is they have a different enjoyment coming in to work every day um, and it becomes less of work, right? They want to be there. They want to do it. They want to see those numbers grow because now it's in their skill set and they're not having to really just like get up the courage to do it every day. Yeah. What you said is so true. And as a leader, you think about leadership being inspiring people and making people feel good. And those are important, but nothing will make you a better leader faster than using the right person's scorecard consistently and being clear about what you're trying to create because that will happen. What Ariel just said is you'll find people that have incredible skill sets and they're not in the right position. You also find people in positions that are key positions and they don't have the right skill set for that. And that's okay. You have to be able to call that out because if you don't, you're going to wear the stress of that. You're also going to try this a couple times and it's going to not feel comfortable. It's going to be terrible and it's going to force the process along. I won't tell you the whole story, but I hired a great person and we paid him a lot of money and he's still a great person. And I gave him the scorecard after 30 days and he hated it, hated it. 
And he said, well, maybe I'm not your person. I'm like, no, I'm just giving you feedback in 30 days. No. He's like, well, maybe I should quit. I'm like, no, I didn't want that. Well, the very next morning, I got an email saying, consider my employment at Act Dental terminated immediately at like 730 in the morning. Now, was that a good move? Probably for us because I needed somebody to understand that role and it's okay. And he ended up finding a great role that was better suited for him. And I think it's one of those things that you just have to be okay. Leadership is messy. We talk about it as a coaching team, like the hard part that you have as a leader is you got to step up and have some difficult conversations. And by using this tool and having a scorecard, they become less difficult. They become less emotional. They become more subjective and you can be more consistent and everyone can expect that from you. So any last thoughts you have on this, Ariel? I think the only thing that's really coming to my mind is this is a way for you to have clarity. Um, and we all say, you know, clear is kind, right? It's, and that's how you can be helpful and kind to your team members is by setting a clear path and clear expectation. And by using these scorecards, it's going to show you where you're at. It puts it on paper. It's at a glance. You can see it right there. Um, and it helps you make better decisions for your business, for your team, right? For yourself individually moving forward, basically a roadmap. Yeah, it's a roadmap. And speaking of that, if you're kind of struggling with any of this, we're going to put it down in the show notes. You're actually going to be able to download a copy of the Right People, Right Seats scorecard. And you can see an example of what we mean by that. We want you to use it, you know, put it into play. I promise you. You'll look back after using it for two years and go, that's one of the most important things I've ever done. And then we're also going to include a roadmap to practice profitability where you can apply what's in the roadmap and put it right in your scorecard and determine what KPIs might work best for you. And if you're just struggling, like, I don't even know what to do. Don't do that. We've got a full-time therapist here. Her name is Gina. No, I call her that because she does. She listens to a lot of people's stories and she's amazing. So her email is Gina at actdental.com. You can just tell her what's on your mind. And we've got a lot of valuable tools and we can help you with a process. If you need some help, um, we're always here to help. So Ariel, thank you so much for being on. I always enjoy these conversations. Yes, thank you. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. We'll stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. And thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, do us a favor. Just hit the share button. Share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. I don't know how it's working. I don't know why it's working, but the downloads continue to grow. I love the feedback. We're just so grateful that you keep showing up. And as a result, we're going to keep bringing it so you guys can have a better practice and a better life. So until next time. Until we see you next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word. 
and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.